everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, bringing you more incredible stuff over the last eight seasons, and we're going to keep bringing it all the while longer. Today, we are joined by the one and only Brennan W. Hopkins, who I like to say W. Uh, what was it, Brennan? H. Hopkins, because I get messed Hopkins. up all the time. Hopkins. Uh, a, a really good mate of mine, someone I've got to know over the last year, is a brother, just a really good dude. Um, it's cool. Like Amber's in the background. Hey, Amber, how you doing? Um, we'll just give her a shout out on the show. Um, but today, um, you guys gonna you gonna get you guys are gonna be in for a treat because Brennan is really, really insanely clever around e-com and emails, uh, both for info products and e-com and just generally a really smart dude when it comes down to copy. He's been around for absolutely for a while now, behind the scenes, kick uh, kicking ass and taking names. And I'm gonna shut the hell up and I should bring my guest on the show. Brennan, welcome to the show, man. What up, dude? I just did double peace sign for everyone that cannot see that, but (laughs) coming at everyone. Thanks so much for having me on here, dude. Super pumped to chat about all things, whatever you really want to talk about. I'm just great. Happy to be here. So thank you for having me on. Hells yeah, dude. I like it's like this has been a long time in the making. Like we've actually wanted to be on. uh, I've wanted to have you on the show for absolutely ages. I'm like, oh, he's finally here. It's good. So much goodness. Um, but yeah, so it's lovely to have you here, but let's just give everyone like a little bit of a background of you. Cause I know you from, uh, several perspectives, which of course we met through John Benson and copypro.ai. Um, quick shout out to those guys. And as always, we'll put links down below. You guys can go find Brennan online. There'll be links down below and in the description, we'll get those to you ASAP. Now going back to it, you have a very interesting journey because you actually went through the Upwork model. Like you literally found yeah. your way through copy and stuff from, if I remember correctly, it was like uh, telesales, Upwork, and now like killing it. Because in the last 12 months, you've done something no, very few, excuse me, the very few people have done, which is essentially come out of your shell, join Facebook, like the rest of us, a little bit more actively, and then end up amassing one hell of a following online. So let's go over your story and let's discuss this because i'm curious as well. okay yeah so. cool so i yeah i it's very funny when you say you're like you went the upright uh, upwork route right because to be honest i didn't know there was really other routes um i this obviously is coined by someone way better than me but i really do consider myself kind of like an accidental freelancer uh, like you were saying i was i was working in a call center you know, I have two bachelor's degrees. And so that got me a super great $11 an hour job. What were your two degrees in? Uh, communications in Spanish. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, it's really funny because I have a BS in Spanish. I mean, I'm sorry, a BS in communications. And it just makes me laugh that that's, and then that's my job. And but do class, BS in communications. I know, that's what's so funny. Uh, but basically my... Um, I don't know. I was in the public speaking route and I never learned about copywriting. Now, maybe my ears weren't attuned to that because I didn't have that on my radar, but probably is just the fault of the university. But anyway, so here I am, my wife and I, we're stuck in dead end jobs. We're both university educated and making like a combined income of like $48,000 or $52,000 a year or something as a combined income. And we were just ready to do something, but 
no one wanted to hire us. So I was like, well, let's see what I can do online. And at the time, like I said, I was making like 11 bucks an hour answering phone calls. And I was, my thought was if I can make at least $11 an hour, but be online as to, you know, be remote, that will be worth it. So that was my starting point. I spent a week Googling how to make money online, discover copywriting. And within like the end of the seven days was like, I'm going to make an upward profile. And within two weeks, was it two weeks? I don't know. Within like two to three weeks of discovering copywriting, I had gotten my first very crappy gig for like 50 bucks (laughs) online. That's still better than most um, people. Like most people literally like struggle like hell to get even the first crappy gigs. Yes. Well, I mean, so this is, this is a side plug that I, and it just kind of come down the track to bite me in the butt a little bit. But the cool thing is, is all the, 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 the bad parts about working on Upwork is it's only buyers there. Like you just have to stand out or offer what they want, but you don't have to convince it's, the people are there to purchase your services. Uh, So to the point to where that kind of screwed me down the line because I never learned customer acquisition. I just learned how to be a peacock, but that doesn't do, that doesn't translate as well outside of an ecosystem like that. Um, But anyways, we can, we can get to I was going to say, let's put a pin in that because like there is actually, fuck it. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I would disagree with you. Because that whole peacocking ability that you have has actually been the thing that's made you stand out amongst everyone. And now you're able to do that on Facebook. You're able to actually stand out in such a way around the right people. See, a lot of people have that whole self-esteem issue where they can't peacock like crazy, even if they were in a market full of people who are looking for them. They just couldn't stand out. Sure. So don't yeah, discount well, that skill. Yeah, well, okay. So I, I had to learn how to leverage it differently. Yes. <laughs> whereas they were coming to me, whereas I'm like flamboyantly trying to be like, and Britain has entered the room, you know, like smacking the double doors and walking in. That's kind of how I feel nowadays when I'm pitching myself. Everyone's like, who the heck is that guy? Yep. Um, but anyway, so I did, yeah, I did Upwork for over two years, two and a half years. My first year, I did absolutely terrible. I was directionless. I'd, I had no background. I had no clue what I was doing. I had no dollars to invest in other things because we needed it to pay our bills. Um, and so eventually landed in, well, I learned email marketing about halfway through my first year, but then didn't position myself as an email marketer for another five to six months. And mm-hmm. that's kind of when everything took off because that was the intersection, especially with like smaller businesses, smaller to medium sized businesses they really need to be able to pass on whole components of their business to someone else. Yeah. And um, just a tip for any newbie copywriters, you passing in copy on a Google doc is just creating more work and more problems for most business owners. <laughs> it um, really does. So, yeah, I realized I've compared this to like batteries not included. You know how frustrating it was as a kid when you get that new toy and then it didn't have batteries and you couldn't use it. You're mm-hmm. like, ah, I have to wait. Um, so that I did that for a few years and then 
um, basically back in the beginning of 2019, we traveled a bit, we moved to Australia, we live here now, uh, been two and a half years, it's been awesome, and uh, then decided to kind of start slowly, I kind of optimize for lifestyle, and then I've been more on the optimizing for business <laughs> afterward, the track, I guess. Yeah. You got to go the lifestyle route sometime. I always tell people that mm -hmm. it's like one of the best places you can be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause like, as you know, even now I've, I've been working pretty much a four day work week for over six months now, coming on close to seven, yeah. I guess How's, it is seven now. How's that? Oh, been it's awesome. You? Oh, it's been really good. I mean, it's a few, it's a little challenging sometimes and, and it's never to say, I do sometimes have to log in, you know, at the end of the day or whatever for stuff, uh, but not, I'm talk, we're talking like 30 to 60 minute type of thing in comparison to a whole work day, which is game changer. And I, I get my best sleep that night before because I take Mondays off. So best sleep comes on Sunday nights because no one needs anything from me, <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is sweet. And then I have a proclivity to procrastinate and get distracted. So the best way to be more focused is to give myself less days to get all my crap done. Exactly. This is one of those things that um, a lot of people don't understand. Wait, do you take Wednesdays off as well? No, just Mondays. Okay. So you take, uh, what was it? Saturday through till Monday? Off? Saturday to Monday. Yeah. Cause I'm in Australia and I work primarily with us based clients. They it's still Sunday for them anyway. So it's really easy because they, they haven't even started their work day. Gotcha. Okay. That makes way more sense, especially with the time zone difference that you guys have between yourselves. See, I kind of have uh, Wednesdays off. I take Wednesdays off during the week. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it makes life, makes life a lot more simpler for me because you get like a nice little break midway, which is nice. But okay, yeah. so, kind of, so going back to it, what have you found that's really... Actually, the question I want to ask you on this is when it comes down to peacocking and essentially putting yourself out there in a way that is uh attractive to others what have you found have been the biggest selling points for you like what has it that's really got people like interested in you holy crap man i don't know it well the thing is is that there's the the difference between like being known and being hireable yeah. and so that's a big difference you know like i it's really easy for me to to, you know, theoretically get in front of a digital crowd and entertain people. But the sweet spot is learning how to do that in a way that actually um, builds some sort of rapport or trust. I'm coming on. It's really cool. I just got a, a notification right before this call that someone purchased my new course. And I don't even, I haven't even promoted it in over a week, I don't think. So I don't know where it's coming from, but I've done, I'm at close to 30 sales of my course just from organic. You wow. know, so like, that's really, that's really awesome that I myself or, you know, a shout out from someone that's taken the course or whatever, just in my, um, just in my network and, and on my, on my social feeds, like that's accounted for thousands of dollars in revenue now for my course. So <laughs> that's pretty, you know, that's really, which is, that's really cool to, to, to see something like that happen. Especially but, with organic and the way that you've done it, because that's the interesting thing, because organic reach and uh, interaction on social for some people is actually almost, it, it's really hard to do. Whereas with others, it's really simple. Like I've noticed with your posts, you could do a pitch post and you get a crap load of comments and uh, reactions. Whereas someone else does a pitch post like I do. And it's like one or two comments and crickets. 
Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, by, by the by, just for everyone wondering, it's just that because I end up doing most of my business through referrals and conversations like privately offline. Um, but yeah, on so I just want to put that. It's like, could you imagine if I actually wrote, if I said that and that was it? And I was like, yeah, I don't think he's a good copywriter. It's like, no, I actually am probably one of the best. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just social yeah. algorithms. Yeah, <laughs> so that's... So I'm curious about what you do on um, for engagement. Um, well, so I, I think it's important to realize, first of all, that when it comes to any sort of kind of entrepreneurial freelance success, is you really need to take stop, stock of your, your giftings and your abilities and uh, find where you need to lean in to like the things that you're not the best at and then find where you can just like absolutely crush it <laughs> and just kind of throw as many of the chips as you can realistically into that uh, barrel. So uh, that's how social media has been for me is I, I, you and I are quite similar. We love connecting. We love getting to know people. We love to have a good time, man. Like that is what we're all about. So um, I'd say, I think you're, are you a P on the Myers-Briggs? Uh, are you J? Oh, I'm an ENTJ. EJ, cool. Yeah, it just becomes I, essentially, especially as a copywriter and marketer, you just, if you're doing your job well, you should learn what people like and yes. how, what resonates with them. And then you just do that in your social media. That, that's basically all you have to do is just apply the same sort of principles that you would apply for your own kind of marketing your business or, you know, your market to a customer, do that in your social. So for me, it is, I, I, I decided for myself, I will not be a post every day without like value bomb person. Yeah. I just, I, I don't like it. I think it's awesome for people that can do it authentically. It feels forced for me as a personality. And so I, I'm not going to push on that if it feels inherently like against my personality. Whereas um, I do, I do want to like share with stuff, share stuff with people. And I guess also over time, I've just come to realize like how much at the end of the day, people are just going to do their own thing. So I'm going to try and join them in their own journey as much as I can. And then I'm not going to, I'm going to also live my own life and let them come along in mine <laughs> if they're interested. Definitely. So it's like, go. Oh uh, yeah. So it's just like intentional in that type of way of finding a blend, but really it, one of the, probably the funniest things is just, I, I like pizza definitely more than the average person, but not more than I'm not the most, I'm not the biggest pizza eater in the world by any means, but people love pizza. Mm -hmm. And I can, every week, I can just make a post about pizza and people know that about me now. People refer to, people when they PayPal me, sometimes they'll be like, here's some pizza money or like things like that. They just, and it was just such the simple thing that I do love a lot. I'm pretty pretentious pizza eater. Oh yeah, no, you and I both are. We both yeah. have this one, th like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think margarita is also your favorite pizza, if I'm not mistaken, but it could be. 
What's what's that? Sorry, I dropped, a, you dropped a classic, that a little bit. A classic cheese and tomato. Yeah, margarita. Yeah, I love margarita pizza. Yeah, that's like ultimately my favorite pizza in the whole wide world. And to be fair, that's how you and I bonded even more last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so pizza brings people together. It does. That is it, man. So I just found I just found some things that I could leverage to connect authentically with the audience. And I just went all in. And then also, so this is kind of, I was homeschooled, so I didn't learn a lot of proper social cues. So I just take social risks <laughs> pretty regularly. And I photo, I make memes for people. I Photoshop them, you know, into things. And yeah, there's not, not a- many people doing that. You know, it's really funny that you say that. I still remember the John Benson photograph that you basically placed him over. I think it was like uh, George Washington and his like George guitar. Washington crossing. Yeah, because he had that photo with the bass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just, because at the end of the day, I, yeah, we're all people, man. We're, we're in business. We're doing our own things, but we're still people. And to be honest, like if someone is so much of an asshole that they can't have fun, I don't really want to be a part of their life. (laughs) So I'm intentional kind of about targeting and segmenting the types of people that I want to be around with. And there's, and most people want to be around a genuine person. They really do. They really, really do. They just don't, uh, what's it called? It's, It's the way that I kind of think of social media more so as I'm getting more and more comfortable being myself is Mm -hmm. express like, cause the thing is you've, you and I have had, how many conversations over the last year <laughs> like we talk pretty much all the time there isn't a week that i don't yeah. go by that you and i don't speak exactly um, yeah and it's kind of funny because this is what something i was speaking to my junior writer about mark and uh, a few other mm-hmm. friends and essentially it's this whole thing it's like because um people get into their own head far too often like i do very much yeah. my own head most of the time um and that stops me from posting and again, mm-hmm. the whole posting every single kind of day thing, not really a fan of it. Every so often I'll post a joke or something, which is fine or a meme sure. lately. Um, but yeah, what I found during the time, like throughout uh, 2021, it was really interesting how the more vulnerable I became, the more comfortable I became with how I am with my friends in real life online, mm-hmm. the more mm-hmm. I started to find the right people in my world because- Yeah, uh, wow, okay. Yeah, because a client of mine actually told me this. Uh, it was one of my clients, Bridgette. She actually said this to me, she goes- um, you, what separates me from every other copywriting consultant consultant out there is so many of them are bro marketing kind of like, Hey, look at me. I'm amazing. I can do all the stuff. And she's like, you can do that too. But there's like a level of depth that most mm-hmm. people don't really see until they get to know you. You have the same thing, whether there's like a level of depth that's there. Uh, my, so my question to you here is someone that is from the outside perspective, because I'd love to get your opinion on this. What do you find people have in their mind that kind of like stops them taking risks? like risks on things like actually being themselves oh wow i don't oh don't, there's don't so many different things well I, it's just I, I the more and more that i grow up i'm just the more adverse i get to any sorts of general statements because i just learn how different so many different people are but i if i had to kind of boil it down is that uh, people are afraid to be vulnerable because vulnerability can is a double-edged sword because you expose your weaknesses while also, you know, 
attempting to connect. Yeah. And so I think there is, uh, and, and then I'll tag authenticity on with that. Although yeah. there, there, the, the, the thing is this, the, the implication is the same, although those are different, different words, kind of different ideas, but basically when I go on or, or for instance, like this past week, I did a free training for my group or for people in my course about the three, basically the three biggest mistakes that I've made in my career. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't mind telling people where I've screwed up, but it's really hard to kind of show them my cards <laughs> because there is a perception that I want to have people to have of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd say in my day-to-day life, there's a lot of things that I have really figured out, but there's so much in business that I like, feel like I'm beating my head against the wall or I wish I was farther along or whatever. And so it's, it's scary to show people that that is the, like, that's reality uh, for me, you know, that I'm maybe I'm not as successful as they thought I was, or maybe I made some really stupid errors along the way. And so I think, I think we as humans, even just as offensive measure fear that, although rarely is that something that negatively that has any negative repercussions, it does. There are the loud voices that, you know, that will post or share and it kind of hit beings your, your, like hits your ego and it hurts or whatever. So there, there are some loud voices if in the negative side, but most people, usually the reception is very positive. Um, So I think we fear, I I think we fear that as rejection. And then I would say that probably there's a lot of people that have never been given permission to actually be themselves. They've been told this is how the world works or this is how you're supposed to be. And maybe they didn't have the opportunity to question that, or maybe they don't necessarily as easily, maybe they can't see through that to figure out what's the difference between being professional as in how you work and how you deliver and then having a personality. (laughs) Yeah. That's something that I found that people just kind of disconnect on is the whole having a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if anyone's wondering, how the hell do I get a personality? Well, there's a lot of places, but one of the best is look up, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Dan Kennedy's personality and copy. It's one, it's an excellent course that really came out that really shows you how to do this. Or if you want to cheat sheet this, go listen to my podcast I did in January, 2020 with Chris McCombs. He kind of goes yeah. through all of that stuff. And also because it took me seven years to get that asshole on the show. I'm that trying was to get such him back a good, on. yeah. That was such a good podcast. I remember listening to it. That was awesome because I knew it was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's so that's basically, it doesn't feel, I think because I know, like lifestyle wise and, wise and stuff, I'm grateful that I've had pretty supportive and loving parents. I have in a, like a loving relationship and stuff. And I'm, I'm a little bit more of a trailblazer than I give myself credit for. Mm-hmm. And so I take for granted maybe some of the, the combination of my desire to go try plus the support supportive network that I've had 
like the nurturing that I've had growing up. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's, Dude, that's a lot of things. No, that's perfect. I don't know why you're apologizing. I asked. I wanted you to give me a lot of things. I don't know. It's just like, they're so, it's so muddled for me. And I, I don't want to like, I want to be able to try and communicate things for people in a way that might be helpful, but this is my brain on the spot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. I, I drag people in through the show and be like, yeah, just have a conversation with me. I'll ask you a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Because you get reality and reality's fun. Like, to be fair, this is something very few people really understand is that you can have vulnerability. Um, and it works and authenticity is probably one of the most overused words there is. And it really pisses me off in all fairness, because this show yeah. actually started. So a lot of people mm -hmm. don't like, do you have you ever told you how the show came about? Cause it actually has something to do with authenticity. I, you have, but I've forgotten. So we talk a lot. We do speak a lot. So go back mm -hmm. eight years to 2013, everyone and their mother and brother's trying to be a guru. Everyone's trying to get into this like different mediums. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm really good at that. I've been told I'm good at, I'm good at talking to people. I love interviewing people. Mm -hmm. It's something I really enjoy doing. So I like to get inside people's heads and find out what's going on. Yeah. Also, I know a lot of the business owners and marketers that everyone's like, Oh my God, they're amazing. I'm like, those guys are my friends. So we know each other very well. I know the stuff that they're not telling you publicly because I've hung out with them. And at yeah. this point, hardly anyone was swearing. I think Frank Hearn was the only dude that swore and everyone else started to get comfortable with it. And everyone was like, I'm a guru and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was a bunch of bullshit. Um, in the end, I remember speaking to my buddy Wayne Marshall about this. And I was like, Wayne, you got to come on my show. I was like, why? Well, he's like, I think you're funny as all hell. I want you on my show. Had a great chance, had a great laugh. And it was like season one. So obviously we're still working out kinks and changing names and whatever. Um, but in the end, I actually found it like for the first two three years this show was not consistent what it mm -hmm. would be is i like i do a crap load of shows and then just like send them to a va <laughs> and every c for like the first VA literally uploaded six months worth of episodes in a day oh my goodness but not released to slow release over six months it was all released on the same day so like all the dateline just looked at the same time i was like oh can we go back and like fix this so it looks like i actually do this every week um so yeah. i actually went back and did it but the whole purpose for the show more than anything was to show people there's a, um, your favorite marketer is a real person. They're yeah. authentically mm -hmm. true. They have weird conversations outside of their business. They like really interestingly strange things that bond you to your audience. Like um, mm -hmm. so many of my marketing friends, MMA fans, like we are, so many of us are MMA fans. Like John Benson and I actually connected deeper because of MMA. And um, yeah, it's crazy. Cause like you get to meet people and you just really open up, uh, that authentic barrier now if you're really worried about being authentic anyone at home about being authentic just try it like and by authenticity because it has like a bit of a weird definition now uh mm -hmm. authenticity just basically means this is how i am when i'm offline if you met me in the in public and this is how i am when you meet me online yeah it's like a complete transparency yeah i love transparency you know it's it i don't think the what you see is what you get type of thing is almost a bit brat. Like, I guess I have a problem where people use authenticity to either mean brashness or I maybe I'm not doing some of the self-work that I should be. Yeah. And so I don't think authenticity isn't a, isn't a scapegoat for not doing your own, like, not doing your own work to be a good human 
like it's not it's not an excuse for maybe bad behaviors that you might have however it's a recognition of who you are and where you're at yeah and what you could say is your truest self in that time you know so hopefully when people well and I, i know this for both of us but like it is very much with people you and I, we try and portray maybe healthier sides of us, but not at the expense of deceiving people. Yeah. We just like, well, obviously we've got our own friends. So that's why we text each other. Holy crap. Today's been a bad day. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not that we don't ever still share that, but you know, so there's like a, a, you can, I guess if you look at social interactions, there's, you always have a tighter circle that, gets more like of you but it's not that you're not lying to the other people (laughs) in any of that face i am so glad i managed to grab that still as well because it just works i was trying to get it when your hands were open i was like that's just trying to drop in like crazy amounts of knowledge because i'm actually gonna like share this because it's 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 true what you're saying is probably the most is one of the best definitions of authenticity and what it means and it's, it's essentially embrace the shadow work, but be yourself in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't be exactly. an asshole about it. Like be on the journey. Like if you're, in a, if you're abrasive as shit and that's just your personality, but you're doing the self-work to kind of like calm the anger down and just be a good person and stuff like that. Cool. And exactly. It, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's those, what, one thing that really bugs me is when people say, yeah, you have to accept me for how I am and just how I am. Like, dude, no, I don't. I can accept yeah, you for who you are, but the truth is, is this all that you will ever be? Or yeah. if, you, if you've plateaued at this, then uh... <laughs> yeah. crazy. I'm oh, sorry. Happens. It froze there. Oh, oh sure. yeah. It froze. So, so it's like, oh no, I think he's saying something. But yeah, so from, we got to say like, <laughs> you know, if we, if we bump into someone after five years and they're the exact same as they were five years before, we'd be like, something's wrong with you. <laughs> um yeah and so there's a recognition i there there should be enough self-awareness to have that recognition i mean holy shit dude i'm so i'm so scared to meet brennan in five years from now because i feel like i have so much of my stuff together when i look back over my life and then i'm like crap in five years from now mid-30s brennan is gonna be like ah 29 year old brennan is an idiot like, what was he thinking? <laughs> I'll tell you this much. It'll happen every year as you get older. And uh, I can say that because I have two years on you. Yeah. So I can give you that heads I'll, up from yeah, the future. I'll, like, I'll accept your wisdom. <laughs> when you when you have long hair, it kind of comes with the territory. <laughs> it does. Exactly. But yeah, dude, that's pretty uh, awesome. Uh, like, like, taking that out of left field from here, though, however. Sure, let's go, yeah. Like creatively, what I've noticed is some of the best writers that I know, and some of the people that really do uh, some incredible work with creativity, they usually tend to mm-hmm. have a, um, they tend to have other outlets essentially as a way of replenishing that creativity. So my my yeah. question for you is like, what are your replenishing outlets? Like, what do you do when you have time off to recharge your batteries? Yeah, sure. Well, the thing is like, <sighs> hmm. I, I think create, I think creative, a lot of creative people work in 
our space because of their perspective, not because it's actually a creative outlet. Um, I think the perspective that creative people bring, that's what empowers them. So um, very few of us are actually getting paid for a creative, you know, like to be an artist exclusively, we're actually paid kind of for to deliver. <laughs> More than anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's what it's all about. So with the, I'm, um, I still have itches kind of to, to be creative or experience creativity, but I mean, what I, I have an, I love margarita pizza, man. So I, I, I love food. I'm such a foodie. That is one of my biggest joys in life. I love wine. We live near wine region. So I just like, I, I the, the, the process of like, developing my taste buds has been something that I never thought I would say. I sound, I feel so cheesy saying that, but that's like actually my life is, is trying things and being able to appreciate them. And then I'm a big, I'm a huge comic book nerd, man, like both comics and manga. Mm -hmm. all the, like I just reread I, the Ble whole Bleach series and like a I did, after. wait, how the hell do I not know you're an anime fan? We do, you just forget. No, I meant like a bleach specifically. I don't know. I just reread the whole thing in like a month for the third time, not Wait, three times in one month. But I was going to say, did you check time. out the uh, Thousand Year Blood War arc or no? No, I haven't. Wait, yeah, because like that's basically the final saga. Now they have they've actually. I heard them. about it, but I wasn't sure. I didn't. I yeah, I haven't. Anyways, oh, it's it's badass. It's definitely worth reading. Worth reading for okay. sure. Can't wait for it for them to do it. But like, okay, so I love com like comic books is a thing that very few. Uh, I've also realized a lot of marketers freaking love. We just have a mm -hmm. thing about comic books. We just love them. Um, but it's interesting when you actually find comic books that very few people have ever even heard of. Like one of my favorite mm -hmm. characters in all comic books is a guy called the Marquis of Death, and like so few people have ever heard of him. And I mean, I only heard of him because I stumbled across a video by Comics Explained. I was like the most powerful mutant ever okay click <laughs> and you're like oh shit yes i remember you told me about him once and yeah. i had the same reaction i'm like who was this dude maybe yeah. i've heard of him but yeah i think i think it probably it lends itself i guess to marketing in a lot of ways because i don't it's it's all stories, man. It's just visual stories. So I think some of us are maybe a bit more ADD than the average person, which is why we're working our own. That's why we're working our own business is because we couldn't actually deal with a desk job. <laughs> oh, so true. Uh, a friend of mine has been trying to get me to um, step away from business for a little bit and go work at a desk for a bit. I'm like that. I was like, that's cool. They're like, oh yeah, you'd love the social interaction and blah, blah, blah. You can go do this. I was like, two things. One, I make more money than an average day job does. Even at, I know. Like, to be fair, the only, the only comparison I'd have is walking into a C-suite level job. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know about you, but they kind of want you to work at a company and hire within a lot of the times. So I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no. And the amount of hours they ask for as well, which is the most ridiculous thing. I'm like, I like my sedentary lifestyle where I get to work when I want. That's what, dude, yeah. Like I freaking, I roll out of the bed, make my coffee and depending if I slept in late, then maybe I'm working within 10 minutes. 
Or maybe I'm just chilling in bed upright with my wife and we're having a morning coffee together chatting and then I meander down. Yeah. But yeah, the pay, I, I, it would be so hard for me to go back to any job just because of how easy it is to replace your income with less than 20 hours of yeah. hour 20. Like I, well, I mean, like I said, I was making whatever $11 an hour. I'm, yeah. I get paid 10 times over 10 times that for <laughs> work, you know, basically nowadays. So it's like, even if I were to just say, I will draw, like, if I wanted that much freedom, then I would just be like, I'll take a moderate salary and then just party for 25 hours a week extra. <laughs> I feel you on that one. It, it, it's uh, something I actually have found with people that have like more of an ADHD brain is we do not like, uh, I was talking to Kyrie uh, Oliver about this. It's oh, really, yeah. it's really funny how we have this whole aspect of um, what's it called. It takes me absolutely ages to get started. But the moment I get started, I get done quicker than anyone else. And it's like, why did this take me so long? It's like, because you were being, you were questioning your own shit. That's why. You're getting yeah. ready before the thing. But if you just start, you'll get there and you're being distracted with why Danny DeVito has been on so many movies. And oh shit, Danny DeVito <laughs> actually funded Pulp Fiction. Like that was a random tidbit that I found out on one of my <laughs> random journeys. I love it. It's so funny. Yeah, the types of... But th so this is crazy. Once in a Ben Settle email, he shared, he had been reading Stan Lee's documentary mm -hmm. or what a biography, not documentary. I don't know. Anyways, biography, one of them. Yeah. autobiography, one of them. And he was crazy because he's like, Stan Lee was an extrovert. And so he would actually do all of his people link. He would schedule it for the morning and he would write in the afternoon, which That's is contrary to most of the insight that people get nowadays which is <clears throat> comes from introverts just yep. so you know yep because i have i get i get like one good hour in the morning my i am most fresh the first hour kind of after i wake up and then i just go down until like 1 p.m <laughs> basically <laughs> out of context this could sound funnier i'm like just don't take it out of context <laughs> depending on what day it is I'm going to stop that because I'm going to say something way too far. Right, um, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's, I'll tell you offline. It'll just be funnier. Um, That's all right. Yeah. I think you got it. But anyway, what I was going to get at was uh, I actually found that different people have different working times. And I realized this, like, mm -hmm. especially with uh, while we're shooting this, it's like day number three of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's my first time doing this in a decade. So like my body's just like, Thankfully, I had the foresight to say, I'm going to do this this year. So I started to like cut down my food intake and my water intake for like two weeks prior. So oh, as I started, good. I was able to get started. The only thing I didn't do was with my sleep. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't adjust my sleep prior. So it's like, sure. thankfully I can function on fewer hours, but it's one of those things where I look at and go, those, uh, sorry. One of those things I've re actually realized that I'm really productive, mostly in the morning, early morning to afternoon most productive hours 3 p.m 4 mm -hmm. p.m 5 p.m 6 p.m i'm still good 8 p.m on like 7 p.m onwards i'm pretty much checked out i don't want to do anything like the only time yeah. i ever do like i stay stay on my laptop till 8 p.m is when we've got uh copy pro calls on mondays yeah. and fridays otherwise than that i'm like i'm out like today i've got to mm -hmm. be i've got to be in the office till 8 p.m because uh i have a podcast at 7 p.m today till 8 p.m so oh, man so as soon as it finishes 
I've already messaged my client going like my guest. I'm like, Hey man, just so you know, at the end of the show, I'm actually going to start eating right on it. If like, if we finish great, if we go over 8 PM, I'm just going to start eating food because I'm hungry. That's great. Eat. I love it. I get AIDS. By the way, that's the other thing I've realized. That's one of the things I enjoy about my life and what I do in my work is the fact that I can take a nap for two hours in the middle of my day. <laughs> I know. It's awesome, eh? I don't think they would let me do that at the office. Just, you know, they I definitely would <laughs> To be fair, I'd be, I, I know myself, if I did have an office job, this is exactly how my life would look is I'd show up with a backpack and a pillow in there and be like, okay, yeah. productive hours are on. No one disturbed me. I'm going to take a nap at like two o'clock. Yeah. It's like, wait, just... Adel, get your work done. I did my work like three hours ago. And then what? I fell asleep for the rest of the day. You bore me. You're literally paying me to fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, couldn't do it. That's why I work for no, no. myself. No, that and also I butt heads with too many people. Mm-hmm. I have uh, I have too much of an argumentative personality. There you go. Which is always fun in its own right. But anyway, kind of jumping off that point and something I wanted to ask you, because again, we are both, uh, wait, are you more audiobooks or physical books? I can't remember. I read more than I listen. Cool. So that kind of gets me to one of my favorite questions on the show, which are, because you're also a cinephile. Oh, no. What's your favorite books? Oh, no. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. I structure it a little bit better than this. It's a little bit better than this. So you have three categories. It's five fiction books, five nonfiction books, and five movies that you would recommend to anyone that was looking, just anyone, like best friends, people that you'd be like, hey, you're interested in understanding people. Go check these out. These are my favorite movies. What would they be? So you got five, five, five. I don't know. That's so many things. I'm not that. I, I, you just feel the like the painstaking thinking that Bren's going like, God damn it. I wish you would have texted me this earlier. I would have like a list in front of me. Well, the thing is, is even if you told, I don't know, because I'm just going to be real with you and say that it's rare in life that I come across a book that is impactful enough in, in its entirety that I feel like I need to recommend it to someone. <laughs> if well, that makes sense. It like, does. I, I glean heaps and then my brain has this terrible thing. I feel like it kind of maybe happened when I lived in South America and picked up like a second language as I started just shedding excess details basically. So I picture, I remember whatever the the impactful thing was, and then everything around it, just my brain just discards. And so I keep that. It's like chiseled in. I got all these like one-liners chiseled on my brain, (laughs) basically. But okay, let's talk about, so let's say marketing, copywriting, what are we going to do? The first book that was really impactful for me was this book called Built to Sell. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the author was. I can't remember it, but it was basically just talking about um, is the concept of um, building a business model that is sellable. And even if you're not trying to sell your business, like it's actually scalable. Whereas, mm-hmm. and as someone that didn't come from any sort of business background like that, it was pretty impactful for me because it kind of reshaped the way that I view um it shaped the way that I view, like started viewing my work, which was really cool. I'm um, current, 
what is I'm this is I always feel really embarrassed in these moments because I want to recommend all sorts of cool things. Ah, the, you obviously it, I was gonna say, like the one thing I always tell people with this part of my show, it's don't overthink this because it's just Yeah, you. sure. Imagine this was and you then, telling me like these are the five books that you're just like, Adel, I want you just I think you should really you'd enjoy these five books. The yeah, built to sell is, is brilliant. I, I love that one. I was a bit tedious, but Over Deliver by Brian Kurtz is really good. I really appreciated that, especially because it's so far. It's him like retroactively looking back on all of these kind of principles. So, and in a way, because he's not actually a copy, you know, he's not a copywriter, but he's worked alongside of them. So he provides a lot of really great um, insight. I've also been reading this book called Oversubscribed, mm -hmm. which has been really awesome. And that's not something that is, yeah, I guess it's funny because the farther along I get into my career, the more that I move away from copy and the more I get into either psychology or business because mm -hmm. I realize that it's bigger and copy is a it's important, but it's less important than a lot of people want to make it. And Who'd so, agree? huh? Yes, Who'd true. Agree? Because yeah. why, cause I, if you meet anyone that's on a high level, all psychology students, every single one of them, I've never met a copywriter that was at the highest level. And when I say highest level, I mean authentically at the highest level that yeah. isn't a student mm -hmm. of that psychology. There are some yeah. scamming, there's some scammy pieces of shit out there for sure that shouldn't be, that shouldn't have sure. any business writing copy, but they do because yeah. they got good at a certain skill and they figured out how to exploit it, which is great for you, but comically well, it just doesn't them. sit with me. Yeah. Yeah. As it is, but no, agree with you. Like psychology books, like my favorite thing, like most of you guys can't see this, but like one, two, three, four, five shelves behind me are all psychology books. Yeah. That's amazing. I just love psychology. And that's going to, yeah. So that'd lead to the next one, which is the, Hey Whipple squeeze this. That book Ooh. was, that is, have you heard of that? Have you no, read that before? I have not. It's awesome. So it's by like kind of a Madison Avenue type advertising guy, but the dude is a genius. Like he helps, he helped do a lot of the original VW ads and stuff back in the day wow. before they had that lawsuit in 2015 or whatever. Um, but he's really, he knows he just understands people's brains so well. And it's really cool because the concept is basically the, the Whipple is from this toilet paper commercial that ran for undefeated for years and years. And it was just a terrible commercial. And he was talking about how his kind of goal was he's like advertising shouldn't be this horrendous to be effective. <laughs> um, and then as you know, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram. So the road back to you was personally pretty impactful, which mm -hmm. is talking about the different types and relationships to one another. Huh. See, I never actually knew about the road back to you. Yeah, it's like separate from the initial one. And so it was really helpful for me because it it has synopsis of each of the types, but then it focuses a lot more on the Oh, uh, sorry. I just got a message saying it's called Path Between Us. The updated version by the assistant upstairs that could hear me, but... Um, Thanks, Amber. Yeah, Path Between Us, sorry. Yeah, Path Between Us, that's what it is. And that was really cool because it 
like I said, it has a synopsis of all of them. And then it then goes into interactions between the different personality types. Yeah. Cause you're like a solid three out of the, three. uh, out of the night. Cause yes. like, yeah. Cause I, I actually, when I did mine, I thought I was a four and it turns out I'm actually a seven. I'm, <laughs> I'm but I, like I said, when I, how I said on your post, it doesn't surprise me, but yeah. yes. Yeah. It's one of the weirdest seven. things. Cause I looked at it and went, it's funny because I was talking to my friend Roman. I was because he's huge on this. Like uh, Roman yeah. has studied this like an nth degree because he just freaking loves it. Just like you know, we do psychology is a kind of thing that we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that when I told when I messaged him going, yeah, I'm this. He kind of like was like, yeah, I can see the four in you. I can also see the eight and blah blah blah. I can see all these different elements. And then when I was like seven. He was like, cool. Messaged him like three hours later going, I've been reading more about it. I am such a seven to the max core. And his only response was, yeah, I knew. I just don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell. Dude, you're too, you FOMO too much, bro. Oh, that really? is the, that is the, the, the dark, the downside of being a seven is yeah. the constant FOMO. I was, I was either a three or a seven, but I struggled more with the validation things than the FOMO ink. Yeah. I get FOMO like crazy though. I don't think I do get that much FOMO. And then people remind me that I do. I was like, Oh, I do. <laughs> okay so the the thing is though is you just are doing it so that's why you don't know you have fomo yeah because a way you avoid fomo is by being down for pretty much anything at any moment (laughs) most of the times (laughs) i do take naps and not do things yeah but you don't it's not like you have people messaging you frequently to hang out at 2 p.m he says that (laughs) okay what do i know anyways only me no, I was saying Only like me, the the, like the person. PM. I was gonna say the person that messaged me to hang out at two p.m. is actually some uh, some guy in Australia who's kind of like got really cool hair as well. It's a tight three. I'm talking to him right now. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's like eight p.m. What's happening? What are you doing? I just want to say hi. Are you having pizza? <laughs> oh man, I remember I was making pizza that one time that you were, like I was on the I phone know. to you. We called you. You were making pizza like ten thirty in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, clearly, it's for bre- it's a, like it's a an proper average- pizza. It wasn't even a breggy pizza. It was a proper like margarita pizza that you were making. Yeah, it was like I made the dough, made the sauce, put the cheese on, <laughs> had the pizza oven on, put it in. And I remember talking to you about this afterwards, and you were like, we were on the phone and we were talking about. It. It was like, cool. It's like pizza's an any time of day snack. You can have it any time of the day. Yep, so true. God, so good. Though anyone puts pineapple on pizza, you are entitled to your wrongness. And I will leave yeah. it at that. Oh, there you go. That's the way we're That's a good one. It. So what are the movies? I'm curious what the movies, movies. are. Movies. <sighs> Let's talk about, so some of my, if I have to, th- oh, I just watched the Snyder Cut, actually. Ooh. Talk to me about I that just... because I've still not seen it and I get crap from everyone for not seeing it yet. Oh, I don't know. Which uh, also it comes in color, but I watched the gray version. I didn't know that but oh well it was very good and very entertaining obviously it's three hours and 50 minutes long so you feel that it's been a long time but i was never bored i was very very yeah i was very engaged and to be honest i couldn't even remember i i re-watched justice league last year at some point and i couldn't even remember how much of the stuff was even in the original I feel like they changed some of the order. Obviously, the plot line with the mother boxes and stuff is the same, but it was very much 
it's a different movie and i loved it so i really or i really enjoyed it i i'm hard pressed to nothing will really ever match kind of like watching avengers the first time that it came yeah. out that yeah. was just that was kind of like whoa i, which, I wonder which, if that's like which avengers movie though the first one i mean the, like the very very first avengers you know, assemble yeah the very first one I, I, there's been better ones or there's been better marvel movies in my opinion but the thing is for me first kind of wins over best sometimes <laughs> it does though i will say the uh what's called end game not end game infinity war holy crap infinity war and end game those movies yeah were, those oh they're amazing brilliant like uh i they freaking cried awesome. i freaking cried i don't think i cried i did i, 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 get I cr- think winter soldier is probably my favorite marvel movie though Ooh, that's a good one. I like Winter Soldier, though. Yeah, I don't think I have an ultimate all time. No, actually, I do. I was gonna say I don't know if I have one. I was like Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Is oh, Ragnarok's my favorite so one of all time. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, just tell people to watch Ragnarok. That's really yeah. what I want them to watch. I love that movie so much. Uh, Another underrated movie. So yeah, by him, Hunt for the Wilder People. Have you really? seen that before? I oh have. my goodness, more people need to see this awkwardly funny movie. It's so yeah. good. I actually really enjoyed uh, what we do in the shadows. I haven't seen that. What, dude? I know. I need to. I yeah, this, just, it's this, not something that's top of mind for me. I know. Uh, it's, it's, just, just take the moment. It's a ninety-minute movie, and it is so hilarious. Like, especially, if, especially, tab. especially because you're in uh, Australia. It's very Kiwi Aussie humor. I know. Uh, and British. I know. I've had a friend say it. I know. I know all about it. I just keep forgetting because it's not on any of the regular streaming things so the types of things that i need i think it's on amazon oh okay maybe it's on amazon i don't know yeah i was gonna say like that one of my favorite jokes so i got introduced to that movie by uh an ex-girlfriend who's from new zealand um she introduced me to that kiwi what i did not know that yeah her affectionate name for me was calling me a cunt not because she was like, she hates me. It's just the way that she referenced me as. And I just realized you're American. That sometimes can offend people. So I was like, damn it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no, I gotta have friends listening to this. <laughs> the C word. Oh the God, no. Oh, sorry. Just as a side note, I was on a coaching call yesterday and um, it's on every Tuesday. I was like, all right, guys, take care. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. And immediately went, oh crap. I didn't mean the acronym for <laughs> like. Oh spelling. yeah, see you next Tuesday. But uh, no. you. so we were watching. So we were watching uh, what we do in the shadows, and funnily enough, she actually she knows she kind of knows Taika Waititi. Like they grew up in the same oh. town and everything. So like she's Obviously, like, if I need this is New Zealand, there's yeah. like seven of them. <laughs> we all know each other. We're all like, <laughs> yeah. but, we're uh, all related. No, I mean, like, what we do in the shadows just kills me for one scene in particular, or several scenes in particular. But one of the ones that got me was. Um, one of the one of the vampires does something so the rest of the three to put him in the in the circle the procession of shame where they just walk around in circles going shame shame you're, you're bad you're shameful oh, no, you think it's goodness. worse but it's not it's just like telling him that he sucks yeah that's hilarious yeah i'll put it i'll watch it this weekend yeah i'll watch the snyder cut at some point and get back to you on that one that's good i think Bogdan's otherwise gonna get happy on on that as well um yeah, otherwise, just I'll use my three other spots for the extended Lord of the Rings movie, extended edition. 
Oh my god, so good. I mean, it's a yearly yeah. thing for me. I watch Lord of the Rings every year around Christmas. I used to. I used to, and then I stopped because I did get a little tired of it. But my affection for them is equally strong. It still remains. And yeah, they're just, yeah, they're really awesome. Um, yeah, so that technically is my, I've already listed like six things. They're all basically fantasy movies. <laughs> they're good i freaking love movies like that because they they make you feel i I, to me i want to be entertained that's basically my struggle in life is i just have an unending desire to be stimulated like visually stimulated and entertained and so i am slightly more adverse to movies that make me experience negative feelings because i'm like this is life take me away from life (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I have that with uh, I've because I'm constantly I'm constantly fidgeting with things. That's why I have. Yeah, you, you guys can't <laughs> see this, but like <laughs> both Brian and I are terrible for this because like we know <laughs> like this is something you'll find with every uh, if you ever speak to us is we will do two things at one time. Namely, we'll be scrolling Facebook or randomly just looking at things that make no sense to anyone else because like we're like yeah. I was just on I was just on that page five seconds ago. It's only because I need something to visually keep my eyes going so I can listen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I realized a long time ago that if I look at someone's face long enough, I stop listening to them and start analyzing their facial patterns and start analyzing them as a person. And I'm like, ooh, too far, too deep. Oh, no. It makes dating very weird. I'm not going to lie. If you do that for too long, you're like, okay, cool. This date is over. Why? You've got psychotic vibes. You do. Spins fidget spinner as it walks away anxiously. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, I I had to fight every bit of my um, want to get a fidget spinner because I was like, I'm not getting one. Like everyone has one. I do not want one. I should. And then I, I played my friend's fidget spinner. I was like, this is why if I got this, I would do nothing else but spend my time just like doing that while writing. It's like a grown up cat toy or a human cat toy, basically. It's a fidget spinner. I have cats, so I could use them as my toys. They're just fun. There they're you cu- go. They're currently asleep, so they're respecting the hell out of you because he usually chases me out and go. Right is, I know he is. Yeah. Little yeah. mofo. He is a little mofo. Attention seeking mofo. Attention seeking mofo. So, real quick, as we're heading to the top of the hour, I wanted to actually ask you uh, a really quick question. I know it's going to be a little bit deep and it's going to catch you off guard, but uh, I think you'd be someone very good to ask this question to. And that is when you go okay. through, when I'm sure like every one of us has gone through like elements of doubt, of wondering whether or not we're good enough or we can do things. Life has kicked us in the balls and made us want to like quit sometimes. What do you do to get up from that kind of situation? And what do you do now to circumvent that happening too often? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I figured that out yet, but uh, (laughs) I, I never want to go back to where I was before today or at least um, I never want to go back to the old life pre-freelancer, pre-entrepreneur Brennan. So that's always an encouragement to me. Like even the worst day or even the most discouraging day is infinitely better (laughs) than working in a call center. So I have that going for me personally, as I just, I can never feel too down because 
in I prioritize a lot of things in my life outside of work. So I have a lot to live for outside of my work. Yeah. I do want to be good at my work and I do have like aspirations with, a, you know, success and revenue and stuff like that. That's really the only thing that actually gets me down is that I don't, I haven't hit kind of all of my points really. Um, because otherwise I've structured a lot of my outside of business hours to be pretty awesome. <laughs> and so we, I go, you know, I exercise anywhere from four to five days a week, not big exercise, but some Amber and I go on walk. We live by a beach and a river. We move to a place that we love to live. So we could do awesome things when we're not working. And so we do all those awesome things when we're not working basically. <laughs> so I get a coffee from a cafe pretty much daily almost because I have three cafes within a three minute walk of my house basically. And I, yeah, we go for, we go on walks for the river. We make plans with friends. We're pretty fortunate in Perth that COVID has, we were super isolated. So we, we just locked down our airports and then had stayed COVID free basically. So we get together with people, um, so the biggest thing I do is ensure that I have a life outside of my work. Yeah. Um, and that, that goes a long way as far as beating the discouragement. I, I stopped trying to fight it and I've accepted it kind of like, as a, like with open arms, mm -hmm. <laughs> If you, if you have any geeks that remember that Naruto scene where he's trying to ma master the nine tails power and he has to like embrace his like inner self. I feel like I do that a lot more yeah. with my bad days. <laughs> and I have regular deliverables, so I don't always have the option to be able to completely just step away. Mm -hmm. But for instance, a couple of weeks ago, it was a beautiful day outside and I woke up and we had like a flat tire that I had to change before Amber went to school and all this stuff. And the tire was really hard to change and all these things. And I'm like, stuff that I have four hours of work to do today or five hours of deliverable like work and it's only 10 a.m. Let's go to breakfast and to the beach mm -hmm. and I'll just do that this afternoon <laughs> and still get it done you know i'll just yep. do what it needs to do so i do that but then there's kind of the recognition of i i know what i want i guess mm -hmm. I, or i know what i what I, I have aspirations and i know that consistency showing up is really the only way to make those happen to mm -hmm. come to fruition and so i give myself a lot of grace on the performance and know that it's a lot more about consistency and presence being, you know, and being there that contributes to that rather than what level of performance I'm at. I would agree. Consistency beats being uh, someone that kind of bounces off from highs and lows all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what I found for myself at least is because uh, I'm one of those people that does bounce around from highs and lows quite yeah. often. Um it's when I get consistent in the schedule that it kind of works out best for me. And mm -hmm. I really have to say that one thing I really value about what you do and kind of want to emulate more so is prioritizing 
life outside of work because I, t- I, I tell my mm-hmm. friends like I've, I've spoke to other people about this and I've, I've said this to them. It's um, people think I work all the time, but the reality is I mm-hmm. start my, it's because I don't switch my brain off. Like if I'm watching mm-hmm. a movie, my brain is like on one hand, I'm watching it and I'm enjoying what's in front of me because I'm fully immersed. And then the back of my mind, I'm breaking down every single scene aspect, how it looks, what's going on, the cinematography, the video scripts, everything is just like going on in the background. And essentially, in some senses, that makes that's what made me a great copywriter was my brain just mm-hmm. never switched off. It was constantly searching. Um, mm-hmm. But it's being able to switch off and have that balance, which, you know, more of us should have and look for what is what balance looks like for us. Because for some people, balance is doing eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours of work, eight hours of chilling out time and eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Some people like that. Yeah, I'm a huge. I mean, down the road, I... I plan kind of as I plan to hopefully devote more time to exploring that on a bigger scale to try and empower other people. Cause that's something I'm really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, cause I, I didn't, I didn't plan to be an entrepreneur. So when it came to be my, I was already married and we already kind of had some plans and exp- life expectations. So it was very much like, obviously there's going to be give and take, but you're, you know, I'm not going to become this person. The, this we're going to be, have some harder, harder boundaries, I guess. Yeah. And that's good. That is mm-hmm. really, really good because it's something that's there. And like, uh, just coming back to it for a second, it's the person that I want to emulate the most in business is actually Ben Settle. Mm-hmm. The reason is that dude does not work a lot. Like he yeah. works, but it's optional. Like, sure. like mm-hmm. uh, he actually told me how many hours he spends on his newsletter. He writes, <laughs> he, he spends one weekend every six months. And that's the way he does it. He writes six months worth of new le- newsletters in January and six months in June. Wow. Yeah. And then he spends every day for like his schedule literally looks like this. It's get up in the morning and now because he's got a kid. So it's like, get up, play with his kid, take his dog for a walk hang out with Stephanie and then get back and spend about 10 to 15 email or uh, 15 minutes writing an email, mailing it out to his list, checking through his stats, seeing what he needs to do. And then just go hang out for the rest of the day and hang out with his dad and his kid and his wife and anything else that he wants to do on the side. He'll just, he'll just plan that in, but he's just not really yeah. the guy that wants to work a lot. Sure. Which is smart. But yeah, dude, thank you so much for being here and doing the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate Thanks, it. Man. I'm glad to have you on here. It's, it's great to get everyone else on my side to know you because you're awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we didn't talk about emails or anything, but that's yeah, all right. We actually kind of skipped past that a little bit, but kind of went off <laughs> the rails. I'm sure we can do another show on emails at some point. <laughs> okay, that'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time and always a pleasure to connect with you and chat about all sorts of things. For sure. All right, guys. Likewise, guys, check out uh, Brennan's website, which we will put up in the description. Go follow him online. You'll find him on Facebook. Send him money for pizza because he loves pizza. It's the best. Uh, and as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and have a great weekend because we love the show. And that's what we do. Take care, guys. Peace out. Bye.